welcome, dear listeners, to the 148th Tech Law 10. I'm Jonathan Armstrong from Cordry over here in London. Eric's with me, as usual, from the far reaches of the U.S. Now, <laughs> I, I have uh, what we call in the U.K. man flu at the moment. So I'm, I'm suffering with some uh, temporary impairment. And, and I must admit, where I'm, uh, where I'm sat at the moment, Eric, all intelligence seems to me artificial. But you're looking at artificial intelligence in a much more erudite sense of the word. <laughs> I just hope I have any intelligence to perform my job here. From the far reaches, the hinterlands of California about to fall off into the Pacific Ocean uh, when we have our next earthquake. Anyway, uh, this is all that aside, this is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Mercer. You're right, Jonathan. This is Podcast 148. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, doing so many with you, and we hope to have many more going forward. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in artificial intelligence. You're right. And I don't know, Jonathan, have you seen the recent movie Ex Machina? I've not, no. Well, I do recommend it. And if you haven't, which you haven't, and maybe others have not, and some may have, suffice to say, in that movie, um, a young Internet coder, a male, is drawn into an unusual experiment in which he engages with a true artificial intelligence, we'll call it AI, artificial intelligence AI being delivered in the form of an attractive female robot, of course. Um, and so the real question here, Jonathan, is this the stuff of science fiction, or is it possible that humans ultimately may transform themselves fundamentally based on human design? So let me um, give a little history lesson to get this thing going, if I may. Do I have your permission, Jonathan? Yes, yeah. <laughs> All right, good. The man who still has you at least present. Historically speaking, it wasn't that long ago that Homo sapiens were not the only human species walking the planet. Indeed, Homo sapiens existed contemporaneously with Neanderthals, and there were other human species along the way also. Um, as we know, presently, Homo sapiens are the only surviving human species. We are it, right? So is that about to change? And is it about to change by way of our own ability to create and invent such that we will change Homo sapiens themselves into a new form, or at least some Homo sapiens? So let me explain a little more. Since the beginning of the 20th century, uh, in some parts of the world, in fact in many places, the life expectancy of Homo sapiens has been dramatically extended, almost doubled in some places. Why? Well, this has come about as the result of the development of medications, medical and surgical techniques, uh, safer food and water, uh, the provision of electricity, and so many other advances that, frankly, Jonathan, we take for granted. Um, in addition, the ability of Homo sapiens to function has been improved by technological aids, such as eyeglasses, contact lenses, hearing aids, artificial limbs, we take those things for granted too. But at what point might we become different than traditional homo sapiens? Are we getting close to the brink as to when intelligent design by us, homo sapiens ourselves, as opposed to intelligent design by a higher religious being that might replace natural selection in leading to a different and perhaps more evolved 
form of human species? So that's a big, loaded question. So even with your man flu and even with some <laughs> natural intelligence, you're thinking, Sinrod, what the heck are you talking about? Am I right? I am. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You always think that when I'm talking. All right. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about this in, in parts. For example, this is where I'm going in th several different parts. First, working at the DNA level, geneticists already have been able to extend the life expectancy of certain worms, yes, we always study worms, by a factor of 6 to 10. So if this is applied to current Homo sapiens, people like you and I could live up to 800 years. Okay? Wow. Also, also mice already have been engineered with greater memory and learning skills. Thus, there's the possibility that current Homo sapiens could be changed um, to live exponentially longer and with greater capabilities. At that point, Jonathan, would they still be Homo sapiens? Next, in addition to such biological engineering I just described, Homo sapiens could arrange to have inorganic parts, inorganic parts merged with their organic parts. Rather than just applying the simple eyeglasses, contact lenses, or even heart pacemakers that seek to perform the usual and expected bodily functions of Homo sapiens, imagine, Jonathan, for example, the utilization of bionic limbs that have tremendously greater power and flexible use than traditional limbs of Homo sapiens. Uh, imagine that you'd have replaceable limbs or more than two arms. Maybe you want to have four arms. Would oh. these partially bionic humans still be part of the Homo sapiens species, especially when combined with biological engineering, which I talked about, and also nanotechnology? And I know even with your foggy man flu, you want to hear about nanotechnology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, 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 it's very difficult to separate me from my interest in nanotechnology. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting too much fun. All right. When it comes to nanotechnology, Homo sapiens already, Jonathan, are developing tiny nano devices that can reside in our bodies to perform many functions, including eradicating cancer cells, battling bacteria and viruses, and opening arteries. And beyond that, nanotechnology experts are seeking to create interfaces between brains and computers. So the Internet literally can be inside of human beings, not just on you know, your Google Glass or on some contact lens at some point, but actually connected to your brain with biological engineering, bionic parts, nanotechnologies. Are we still dealing with homo sapiens? Is it possible, Jonathan, that by way of all this, a different more advanced and longer-lasting form of human species may emerge. And that species, if we are to call it that, very well could exist at the same time as mere homo sapiens like you and me are right now. Why? Uh -huh. Because it is very possible that only, and this is problematical, that only the wealthier homo sapiens could embark down the path of further development, ultimately becoming something else while leaving the traditional homo sapiens to continue to live as we do now, or frankly, perhaps worse off as the gulf between the wealthier, stronger, longer living, and smarter human species and regular homo sapiens widens over time. And then here comes the rub also. Many ethical and legal issues would be created 
if the history of the future unfolds as I've just described, would all people really be created equal? Would the new humans be allowed to crowd out homo sapiens by living longer and controlling more resources? The list of questions goes on and on and on. And now, Jonathan, even with your man flu, I'm calling upon you with your superior intelligence to respond to all of this in any way, shape, or form you deem appropriate. Well, well, thanks very much. I've got a a few thoughts. I think it's a fascinating topic. I think one of the issues we're going to have to deal with as lawyers is where does the human begin and end? So to use, uh, if I'm allowed another sci-fi analogy since you started with one, to use that um, litmus test of all good sci-fi Doctor Who, um, is the Doctor human? Is uh, Davros the head of the Daleks? who's sort of half-human form, half-Dalek form human, are the Daleks human. And I guess we are going to have to meet a number of challenges as we move into areas like this on who's human and who's not. Why? Well, we've already had these challenges, haven't we, with things like the Oscar Pistorius challenge to the Olympic rule. I'm not suggesting in any way that he's not human, but... The, uh, the authorities have had to determine where almost uh, aided human endeavor uh, tips that over the edge in terms of competition. But it's e- 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 equally easy to see that we're going to get issues around um, who is responsible for bad things. So we're already getting that with driverless cars, for example. Mm-hmm. Where does the human's liability for the actions of the car end and who is responsible when the uh, you know when the partly human uh, act if, if you like uh, happens to be a, a bad thing and so I, I suspect that these are issues that we're going to have to tackle sooner rather than later really to determine what it is for legal purposes we think an individual is and where our conscious acts end and begin. And I guess my only other random thought is uh, you having mentioned uh, one film, Ex Machina. I believe that that film is in part references some of the work of uh, Alan Turing, who, for, who, as many of you know, was one of the pioneers of artificial intelligence in his work during the war. And it's perhaps appropriate to say that even in those early days of artificial intelligence, there were some for it and many uh, against it. And it's perhaps appropriate that we use uh, Tech Law 10 in our own little way, Eric, to mark the fact that I think it's 61 years since the passing of Alan Turing in, in rather unfortunate circumstances. And we perhaps should honor his work, which in part allows us to have these uh, discussions today. Very well said, and I thank you for correcting my pronunciation. It is ex machina, but you've just demonstrated your very superior natural intelligence because you probably just read my mind. Did you know that I just posted a blog today on the driverless cars? I did not know. There we go. How did you do that? How did you do that? (laughs) 
there's no there's no improving Jonathan Armstrong. Let me tell you. Well, I've certainly said enough. And thank you for those responsive uh, points. They were extremely helpful. And this was a lively topic. So feel free to contact us if you like. Maybe we'll revisit it at some point. This has been uh, your Tech Law 10 number 148. Uh, we look forward to coming back at you soon. You can find us on the usual social media outlets: Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. Um, all that remains to say is I'm Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris. You can find me at ejsinrod at dwaynemorris.com. Jonathan, you know what to do. Yeah, so thanks for listening, particularly in our, uh, or at least my impaired state. Do <laughs> tune in again uh, next time. And please do connect with us on this or other topics. We really like to hear from you, and thanks for your suggestions. I'll speak to you again soon. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, uh, uh.